As we consider cross trainers, our biggest group is called Olympians. And like I said, we have what we call faith runners. But I want you to think for a second, because every four years, we have something called the Olympic Games. And every country sends their best athletes to compete in different events to try to capture the gold medal. Athletes have been practicing for years to compete in different events, some events that don't even last 10 seconds. Because as we know, people like Usain Bolt and different ones have actually come under 10 seconds in the 100 meters. So 9.69 seconds, they compete all these years just to compete in one particular race. We know that all through Scripture, Paul talks about the Christian life being a race that we run every day. The question for us this morning is, are you ready for the race? Are you working as hard as you can for this race? Are you trying the best that you can so that when you leave this place, you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Before we look at our passage this morning, we want to have a context as we consider 1 Corinthians chapters 1 to 9. Paul has laid out doctrine and different principles. Now he wants to challenge them to how to persevere through everything in life, which brings us to the passage this morning. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27 says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beat in the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. We need to understand, as Paul is talking here, he's he's given an illustration that they would understand. Because in those days, the Greeks enjoyed two games, the Olympic game and the Isthmian games. And the games that were held in Corinth was the Isthmian games. So Paul wanted to understand all that was going to happen. He wanted to illustrate them in a way they would understand. So this morning, we look at four different points. Starting in the first point, compete to win the race. First Corinthians 9, 24 said, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. I want you to think for a second with those who watch the Olympics. And I want you to think, how many of you can remember who finished in second place? The only way you would remember who finished in second place was if they were Bahamian. Because no one remembers who finished in second. Everyone remembers who won the gold medal, who finished in first place. In fact, in the 1988 Olympics, the USA basketball team, at that time, they were still amateur. They'd only let amateur players play. Um, David Robinson said that some of the members of that team actually left their medals in the hotel room because they were not satisfied winning a bronze medal. Because as an American in basketball, they wanted to finish first. They wanted to win. And that's what brought the whole dream team and all the NBA players to be able to play in the Olympics. So here it is. These athletes are are going to the games, and they want to win the gold. They want to do the best that they can. I remember when I was living in Eleuthera, um, you remember the Golden Knights. How many remember the Golden Knights? The first men's 4x4 team to ever win a gold medal in in the Olympics in track and field. I don't know if you remember that race, but if you remember the race, there were two, of course in the 4x4, four four, there were four you know, runners. The two runners ran, and the Bahamians were in first place by a good margin. Then the baton went to Michael Matthew. And let's just say that when Michael Matthew was running, the Americans overtook him and had a nice little um, 
lead on him. And as, I, as Michael Matthew was talking that night, he got on the stage and he was talking about this event. He said this, All I could say is I was hoping that when Ramon Miller got that baton, that he would catch them up because you know what? I couldn't go home. Because we know passionate Bahamians are. We know that we want to win. We ain't satisfied with second place or third place. We want to win. And we know the results of that race. Ramon Miller was able to catch the American and overtake him. And they were able to celebrate, come from behind. And us as Bahamians were so excited. I remember being in RBC Bank and, you know, being excited about seeing this race. And, you know, we get excited about the Olympics. We get excited about winning the gold. But let's think about when we don't win the gold. You know, let's remember just a couple years ago, and we remember Shawnee Miller died for the goal. But if we remember in the World Championships a couple years, this last year, she wasn't able to compete because she had an injury. And she was not able to get the goal. And we were all as Bahamian disappointed, like, oh, you know, because that was our chance. So like I said, we want to strive for the goal. Every person who goes into the race wants to strive for the goal. We can think of other games as we consider basketball and baseball. You know, we don't just show up in the season, although, if, let's be honest, if you're in basketball, there's only one team that's going to win, the Golden State Warriors, all right? They have too much talent, all right? But let's be honest, no one starts the season off by saying, well, let's just try to strive for second place, or let's just try to go for the playoffs. You want to win. You try to win. You do your best to win. As we think of our Christian walk and being in the race, we must remember that we are pursuing the best that we can for God. This verse does not mean that only one person will receive a prize, but when they stand before God, but it simply means that we run the race to obtain the goal. You see, as Christians, we are to give our best. We are to run the race the best that we can. We are to give our best in whatever we do, but too many times we give the world our best. You see, our motivation in the Christian life should not be about having a fire insurance, but our goal should be about winning and doing the best that we can when we run the race. Another encouragement for us is this, is that we're not running this race alone. We're not on our own. As we consider in a, in a sprint, people are running the race on their own. But no, we're not running this race on our own. We have, first of all, we have the Holy Spirit living us as Christians, but we have other people around us. Other Christians who should be there to motivate us, who should be there to encourage us, who should be there to say, keep going, keep going. Because we know that in this race, in life, it's hard, it's difficult, and we need that encouragement. I want you to think for a second, some of you in this room may work out or you may go to a gym or any type of exercise program. And I want you to think for a second because when you go to these programs and and you have a trainer or whoever it may be, you have them almost shouting in your ear and telling you, Finish it. Finish it. You only got this amount of time left. Do your best. You know, do all you can. I don't know how many of you have ever watched The Biggest Loser. But in The Biggest Loser, I, I just used to remember watching it sometimes. And I mean, those trainers used to be screaming in the air, you can do it. And they, I mean, you could see the people just wanting to give up. But no, they had the motivation to say, keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. The question for us as Christians, are we that way? Not screaming at each other, but are we there to help our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we there to encourage one another as we run this race? I think too many times in our Christian life, we get comfortable. I think sometimes we get to a point where, you know, we've always done this, this thing that way, and we think that, oh, we can't change it. But even in 1 Corinthians 9, 20 to 21, starting at verse 19, it says this, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, 
that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. You see, sometimes in the church we need to understand we need to get uncomfortable. And we should be getting uncomfortable to win people for Christ. You see, they don't understand the language sometimes. And I'm not talking about compromising your faith at all. No, we don't want to do that. But the reality is that to reach some people, we need to get to their level. Let's be honest. Some of us in this room uh, who are a part of the older generation, we need to understand that we need to think how young people think to reach them. We need to understand that we need to help those who are outside the church because they don't think how the church thinks. Because they are in the world. We just sang about it, how we are in desperation. We are in a situation, the culture, the world that is around us, that throws things at us every single day. It doesn't think the way we do because, let's be honest, they're blinded. But we need to go to them and try to reach them. We need to do what we can to reach them. But I think sometimes in the church we get too comfortable because we're in the pews and we think that this is it. No, no, no. We're running a race out there for people to watch us. They run a race for people to see us, how we do life. And am I saying we're perfect? No, none of us are perfect. We're all going to fall. We're all going to trip. But the reality is that we need to run the race in order to win. Philippians 3, 12 to 16 says this, Not that I have already obtained this, or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And this is our cross-trainer theme verse here. I press on to what the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this also to you. Only let us hold true that we have obtained it. You see, we haven't obtained anything or we're not perfect. But it's because of Jesus, he has made us his own. Paul makes it very clear in verse 14. Press on toward the goal of the prize, which is Jesus. We are representing him. We are to give our best. We should be like Sean A. Miller and want to dive to the line because we have given everything we can for Christ. You see, what more motivation do we need to know that we're not running this race on our own? We're running it with the Holy Spirit living in us and running the race for him. What more motivation do we need? I remember when I was in high school, and Terrence would remember this, but we had a coach um, in school. He was not the greatest motivational speaker at all. In fact, he would show up to a game and sometimes tell you, guys, today, I really don't expect us to win this game, but please, give it your best. And I'm thinking to myself, um, okay, what, what a motivational speaker that was, you know, we're going to go and win this game now. No, no. He just came into the game and just said, all right, you know, give it your best. And yes, we want to give our best. But the reality is that we need to be motivated. We need to understand that we have the best motivational speaker in Jesus Christ. And he's always there to run the race with us. And I think too many times as we consider this race and we consider, you know, when we consider how many things come our way and we trip up, we almost want to give up. But we need to remember, as 1 Timothy 4, 7 says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. We need to recognize that as we consider this, we want to finish the race strong. We want to do the best that we can. We want to finish the race to win. Which brings us to the second point. Compete with self-control. 
Verse 25 says, Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we can and an imperishable. It does not say that some athletes should exercise self-control, but all athletes must exercise self-control. This is not written to special Christians who may preach or you know, who may teach Sunday school class, but this is to all, every athlete. You see, an athlete exercises self-control by training, you know, refraining from everything that can do damage to his body. An athlete trains every morning until late at night. He does all that he can because if he's trying to win a race, he will do all that he can. In fact, we probably have some people in here who like to run marathons. And when you run marathons, you have to train for months. Do the best that you can. But there was one athlete who did not like to train. And he played for the Philadelphia 76ers, and the game was Allen Iverson. And if you remember Allen Iverson, in one interview he had, and he talked about it for 23 times, he said, practice. I don't need to practice, basically. Who needs practice? I'm the star of the team. I don't need to practice. But you see, the reality is that in our, in our work of the Christian life, we need to always be training. We always need to give our best. We need to do what we can. An athlete would also have a good diet. You see, you can't go eat bamboo shack every day before you're going to run a marathon. It doesn't work that way. You have to train yourself. Do your best. Stay fit, whatever you can do. You see, the Corinthians knew that every athlete who participated in the races had to take an oath. That they would be training for 10 months. And that they'd given up certain foods in their diet to enable them to endure the race. They subjected themselves to the rigorous discipline in order to win. But Paul says all that they are winning is just a fading pine wreath. But in the race that we are running, the prize, the wreath of an eternal nature, self-control is crucial in any victory. You see, this is like a Christian life. We need to be self-disciplined like an athlete. We need to train as we are not in a sprint, but we are in a marathon. We are tr- this is not just a one race thing and we're finished. No, no. This is a marathon that we're running every day of our lives. So the question was, is how do we train? How do we train as Christians? Well, first of all, the way we train is we relinquish all extra weight. Hebrews 12 one says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings closely and let us run with endurance so that a race is set before us. You see, we need to recognize that as we run this race, we can't be holding on to things. That's going to keep us down. No athlete is going to try to run with ankle weights on their ankles or weights in their hands. They're going to be free. The same thing goes for us in our Christian life. As we consider running the race, we can't be holding on to sin in our lives because we're not giving our best. So I want you to think this morning as you consider this, what is it that I'm holding on to? that I can't give my best to Christ? What is it that I need to give up? What is it that I need to relinquish? What is, it need I, what is it that I need to say, you know what, God? Here it is. The second way we train is by studying the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God, one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the Word of truth. And we know that the King James says, To study to show yourself. But I like how the ESV says it. It says, do your best. Give it all that you can to study God's word. Do all that you can. Don't just look at this as a book on a Sunday. But do it, do the best that you can to know how to handle it. You see, we live in a culture, in a world where, let's be honest, there are many people whose minds are made up in different ways. 
people who twist the word of God, people who could pull out a verse and try to make it whatever they wanted to make it. But the reality is for us as Christians and and people who are in the church, the universal church, do we know how to handle the truth? Do we know when they come with false doctrine to us? Do we know when they take in verses out of context? Do we know how to really tell them what we truly believe? I think too many times as Christians, we get caught in this, this is it right here. But it's so much more than this. It's not what we could do on Sunday. It's how we're we going to be on Monday to Saturday. Sunday is just a, a, a thing to, you know, put in there some energy to be able to go through Monday to Saturday. But we need to be in God's Word constantly. Because the reality is that we're not in God's Word and we don't know how to handle it. We don't know the truth. We don't know the playbook to life. And the third way to train is by communicating with the master. How in life do we get to know people? We communicate with them. We talk with them. We get to find out about them. Well, the reality is that that's how we need to know our father. We are in constant communication with him. We pray to him. We talk to him. And let's be honest and transparent. Prayer is probably the hardest thing for most Christians. Because prayer is something that Sometimes we want to think of as not the most exciting thing because we have to be still or we feel like, you know, we have to, you know, we're so busy doing other things that we can't stop and pray. You know, sometimes for us, we need to make it a practice that we pray in the car, not with our eyes closed, but we need to make it a practice that we pray because that might be the only time that we are, you know, everything is quiet. And we just could turn the radio off and we can just pray and talk to God. You see, I think too many times we think of prayer and we, we, we try to, you know, almost make it like it's a difficult thing to do. But it's so easy. It's not like how we have to communicate with someone. We have to pick up a phone and call them. No, no. God is constantly there waiting to hear from us. He wants to hear from us. But the reality is, is that we are too busy sometimes. And how are we going to get in tune with the Savior if we're not talking to Him? We can't. The third point is, compete with the purpose. Verse 26, uh, 1 Corinthians 9 says this, So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. Ever went on a diet, and you cut out all these foods, done all this exercise, and when you went on the scale... You saw no difference? Anyone ever been there? Don't raise your hand. All right? We don't, want, we don't want to, you know. But you've been there, right? You've done all these things to cut out, and you felt like, you know what? I, I've done all these things, and still I don't see anything on the scale. But when it comes to Christ, we need to recognize that nothing is in vain. Hebrews 6.11 says, And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end. You see, we have been assured that if we run earnestly and give our best, our hope and full assurance is not in vain. He gives the illustration here as a shadow boxer. And as they box in the air, just hitting the air, but it's preparing them for the next fight. You see, no boxer is just going to be doing this just to do it. No, it's preparing them for the next fight. William McDonald says this, His service was purposeless. He had a definite aim before his eyes, and his intention was that in every action should count. There must be no wasted time or energy. The apostle was not interested 
in wild misses. You see, when we consider our lives and we consider what we're doing for Christ and we consider everything that we do, we need to understand that it's not pointless. When we share our faith with someone and they don't accept Christ, we don't beat up ourselves because we can change no one. But we must pray for the Holy Spirit to help change that person's life. We have to plant seeds. Let someone come and water it. And I know it's hard as a Christian when we're in this race. I know it's hard because we get discarded and we want to see results. But the reality is that some of us would never maybe see results. But we must leave it in the Lord's hand and say, you know what, whatever God you want to do with it, you do. I've done my part. You see, we are called to tell them about Christ, share our faith. If we could change people, the world would be a lot easier. But we can't. But we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Which brings us to the last point. Compete to stay in the race. 1 Corinthians 9, 27 says this. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. You see, when you think of a race, there are many things that you can do to get disqualified. But probably as the greatest offense has probably been done is running out of your lane. Coming out of your lane. We may know of many races, even as we consider relays, batons being dropped. And this means disqualification. You see, everything comes back to being disciplined in all that you do. You must stay within the guidelines. You must stay within the playbook. We must read God's Word and know how we are to live. This is the only way that we know to live is when we're studying God's Word. You see, this is the same in our Christian run as we consider this life that we don't want to do anything to disqualify ourselves. We don't want to do anything to disqualify ourselves, but we definitely don't want to do anything to disqualify others who are looking at our lives, who we are trying to win for Christ. Because they see our life and they say, you know what, I don't want nothing to do with that because you call yourself a Christian, but yet you're no different than me. You see, I think too many times that's what happens, and we need to come to that realization sometimes in the church is that Sometimes we're our worst enemy. Because we say one thing, but we do the complete opposite. Let's be honest. As Christians, we are putting our life out there. And we are saying to the world, look, look at me. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, look at me as I imitate Christ. Are you willing to do that this morning? Are you willing to say, here I am, look at my life as I follow Christ, as I pursue Christ, as I give everything, as I compete to stay in the race. You see, we don't want our preaching or how we live to disqualify us. We don't want to be disqualified. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with the endurance, the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for who, for who the, for the joy that was set before us and endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, as we consider a race, and we consider this race, and we consider any runner, the one thing you are told not to do is to look behind you, or to the side, but you are to focus, you are to look ahead at you, Look ahead and see the finish line. Because that is the goal. The goal is the finish line. 
What's going to happen when you turn around? You can't see the finish line. You're going to trip up. You're going to fall. The only athlete who could do that is your same bolt. All right? And no, your same bolts are in the place. But we are made to look at the finish line. And our finish line and the perfecter of our faith is Jesus Christ. That is the standard. That is who we are striving to be like. And let's be honest, none of us in this room have reached that standard yet. So we are all in this process of sanctification. We are all becoming like Christ every day of our lives. None of us have reached that stage yet. But what we like to do in the church is we like to look at other people and say, at least I'm better than that person. My life is better than them. No, no. We got to look at Christ. Christ is the standard. And he is perfect. Not the person next to us. But Christ is perfect. You see, as we consider the finish line, the athlete, whoever is running the race, and I think that when we consider this, even in whatever race it is, most of the time they will give their last possible, the best that they can in those last 10 meters of a race because they see the finish line. And I think as Christians, we need to understand this, that none of us know when that finish line is coming. So because we don't know, we need to give our best all the time. We need to be running so hard all the time. We need to be sprinting all the time. Because we don't know when our last breath is coming. And we want to hear, well done, good and faithful sermon. You see, our testimony is everything that we have to hold on to. You know, I think too many times in the Christian life, we drop our God. And sometimes we compromise and, and we do things to impress other people. You know, you may be a young person this morning in here, and, and the reality is, is that, you know, we compromise so many things for our friends. Because our friend, and we would say our friend made us do that. But the reality is, is that even us as adults, we do that as well. Because sometimes we get so scared and we don't want people to think, oh, well, what's, you know, you're this goody person or, you know, we, we're scared to put ourselves out there because we know that we sometimes feel like we're not worthy. And the reality is that none of us are worthy in our own. But it's through Christ living in us. It's through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So this morning as we consider this and we close, how do we apply this? Well, the first thing is we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus because he is the beginning and he's the end. And we need to keep our eyes focused on the end. We need to understand that we've already started this race. But what type of race are you running? Are you running a race to keep your eyes on Jesus and you understand that this is the finish line, that I'm going to give my best? The second is this, compete to win the race. Compete to win the race. You know, again, no one wants to just run a race and don't want to win. You know, even when you consider, you know, how many people were telling you know, LeBron James, Cleveland Cavaliers at the beginning of the championship that, hey, how are you going to win with these guys? He kept on saying, we're going to try to win. We're going to do our best. We're going to try to win. The third thing is this, compete with self-control. Compete with self-control. Study God's word. 
Know it. Show it. Apply it. Live it. Then be in constant prayer, communication with the Father. Because the reality is that we cannot do this on our own. None of us. And you know what? I need just as much encouragement as you do. Because the race is hard. It's hard to run. Fourth, compete with the purpose. Compete with the purpose. You know, have a purpose in your mind. Have a goal. Reach, set a goal. Whatever it may be. You know, some people like to say, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. Whatever it may be, have a goal. Because when you have a goal, you shoot for something. You try to reach the goal. You try to get to that point. But when you don't have a goal set, you have nothing to reach for. And sometimes we just do things out of, you know, what, what makes us feel good. But have a purpose. And the last thing is compete till the end. Compete till the end. We are all in different parts of the race. But the reality is that we need to compete till the end. We need to give our best till the end. Again, I challenge you. What what are you holding on to? What is it that you need to give to God this morning so that you can compete to the end? That you can give your best till the end? You see, I think too many times as Christians, again, we get too caught up in just in here. But I want to challenge you, how are you going to run the race out there? How are you going to run the race this week with that co-worker when you come to the water cooler? Or when you are, you know, we could talk a lot about sports as men. We love it. But what about talking about Christ? Seeing where they are. Do they have a relationship with Christ? Like I said, compete till the end. Let's pray. Our Father, again, we thank you. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Father, we pray that you continue to be honored in everything that we do. Father, I pray that you would help each one of us to run the race. Run the race of endurance. Run the race to the best of our abilities. Run the race to bring honor and glory to you. Father, I pray that in everything that we do, that we would point to you. That we would allow who we are not to be seen, but we would allow Christ to be seen in and through us. That people would see you and you alone. Father, I pray for us in in this country and, and around the world. Father, I pray that we would be lights that shine bright for you and wherever we go. That we would recognize that it is not just about what we do here on a Sunday, but it's about what we do on a daily basis. For the world is watching us in everything that we do. The world sees us. And Father, we should be like the Apostle Paul and saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Father, I pray that in everything that we do, that you will get all honor, glory, and praise. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.